podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to episode 125 of GigPod. I'm Stevie and what a weekend it's been. Incompetence, tears, tantrums and just general complaints to be made towards people who need to start being accountable for their actions. But enough about the GigPod inbox. It was dramatic on the pitch in Scotland over the last couple of days too and with me to discuss the events that unfolded on Saturday and Sunday is Rizzo. But John, most importantly, are you now feeling better? Yes, hello everyone. Hi Stevie. Yes, I'm much better now after my illness last week, which of course meant that we couldn't watch the the Ross County game together, but hopefully we are going to watch the Dungeon United game together this Sunday, unless yet again I'm ill. But no, thankfully I am much better and the results for the weekend could only improve everybody's frame of mind, I'd say. I think you're still in well, John, because it was actually the Kilmarnock game we couldn't watch. We did watch the Ross County one together. Of course. Sorry, that's right. I forgot. There's so much Celtic frenzy in there. Actually, there's not that I managed to forget that. But no, that's right. We did watch the Ross County game well. We watched some of it. Whether it missing half an hour yet, as listeners all know. Let's talk about Celtic 2, Hearts now from yesterday. Goals from Kyogo and Gigi were enough to give us the three points. John... Your immediate thoughts on the game? Well, now, because you've got a sniffle, I won't ask you your pre-match plans. Well, not what you've done pre-match, I don't know you like to do, because you were at the game, I wasn't. I'm not going to go to games now as a protest, because uh, how ridiculously expensive uh, the games are now. I mean, it's 30, at least £30 to go to the Livingston game next month. Uh, yeah, right. Did I know, no, no, there's a, there's a cost of living crisis. Anyway, enough political stuff. Uh, I thought the game was quite dull, really. To tell you the truth, I managed to see it thanks to uh, legal means. Of course, I would never take money away from a wonderful Celtic, and it was pretty dull, basically. I mean, we started brightly, scored a good goal, then it just turned into a bit of a, a trudge. I thought that Hearts played quite well without creating any chances at all. I mean, they had like one shot that went by the post. That was about it, the entire game. Then, like, we really struggled to create chances in the second half until we got that goal injury time by Gigi. And then, of course, after it was all about Hearts deservedly getting two players sent off and Robin Nielsen losing the plot as ever, giving Celtic no credit as ever, whining and crying as ever. But no, it wasn't our most impressive performance of the season, I'd say. I'd say it's probably, I don't know, maybe our worst performance of the season so far. We've still won every game, so you can't really complain, but... As somebody that was there, what did you make of the game? I never thought at any point Celtic were not in control. I always felt as if Celtic were very comfortable. Hearts didn't come to play football, so it's alright to maybe say, you know, it could have been a better game. And It's an entertainment at the end of the day, John. Celtic did their best. They never hoofed high balls up the park, kept it on the deck, tried to find openings that just didn't really come off for us. Hearts 
or they were interested in was spoiling the game, slowing it down every couple of minutes, committing daft fouls. But yeah, I think Hearts really came to frustrate Celtic and it didn't work. Now, I think that's 23 games since they last beat us in 2007. They've lost 22 of them. They get a draw back in 2015 when Ronnie Dyler was the manager. And again, they played the same way as what they did yesterday. They just came to spoil the game. Genuinely, at times, I was really bored sitting in my seat watching that game. You can't just put it all down to Celtic. I mean, you've got to look at Hearts. They've got to take responsibility for it as well, John. And they contributed absolutely nothing. Yeah, I know that they made changes. Hearts are now at the stage, but apparently games at Celtic Park don't really matter for them, John. And they can look forward to games in Europe as their, their main event, shall we say. I didn't think Celtic were anywhere near their best, but completely comfortable. I never felt threatened by Hearts once. And deep down, we deserved it because we still created the most chances compared to them. I would say I think the the most really I don't know if I say it was worrying pro, part of the game, but most really irritating for what I saw was the fact that in the second half we really failed to create any chances at all. With that one good move, where I think it was O'Reilly's shot was saved and Hitati put the rebound past the post. That was our only real good bit of play in the second half. There was well, there was that header over the bar by Gigi as well after a good ball by Taylor. And then that was it until we scored the goal. And I don't know, I'm a bit slightly concerned that other teams might look at Hart's blueprint and think, well, that's what we'll do against Celtic. We'll be stuffy as possible. We'll put men behind the ball and make it half them to break down. And I think teams will probably do that for the start. I mean, Hart's never got a chance to yesterday because like, we scored early on. I mean, I think the only team that won't do that is Rangers. Obviously, when we play them in two weeks, they'll, I would imagine, have a go. But I think that what Hearts do could be a blueprint for our teams and it's up to us to make sure that we've got the players and we've, we've showed the patience to break the teams down. In fact, it wouldn't have shocked me if teams done that when we're playing them away from home. I mean, we're playing Dungeon United on Sunday. They're under a lot of pressure now. Like There was rumours the day that Jack Shit Ross had been sacked or resigned, but that's not true apparently. So I think they'll probably be doing the same and it'll be up to us to try and break them down even though we're going to be away from home. And... I don't know, I wonder what Ange said after the game I want to the players. I wonder if, like, privately he wasn't happy with the performance. Because I think a lot of people just thought we were going to hammer them. I mean, I think we I thought it'd be 3-1 when we were texting before the game. You thought 4-2. But really, that was never on the cards, especially with the way Hearts played. And I wonder if really Ange wasn't happy with the performance. Of course, he'll, he'll no say. But I wonder if this week it'll be working to make sure that we don't get the same problems when we play Dungeon United and when we play a lot of the other teams in the, in, the, in Scotland who will put men behind the ball and just try and stifle Celtic. Perhaps he'll also see his three points, John, and we're top of the league by two points as well. We'll come on to that a wee bit later. Focusing still on the Hearts match there. Who was your man in the match? For me, I felt Joseph Juranovic was back to his best. Best player in the park for me. I had him as my second best player in the park, CCV. I thought was the best player in the park. He didn't put a foot wrong. Okay, he didn't have a lot to do. But he did what had to be done well. I thought it was absolutely rock solid. I thought that, as you say, JJ played a lot better than he has this season. And really, they were the only players that sort of stood out. Everybody else was workman-like. Okay, Kyogo did score. But didn't really do much else. I know we're going to talk about the midfield a bit, but I thought they were all pretty poor. But no, I think CCV and JJ, for me, were the standout performers. And when it's 
a centre back and a right back. It's a standout performance. You can tell that there's not been a lot of chances created, and that was definitely the case on Sunday. We definitely didn't create a lot of chances, but we still got the victory. Yeah, I do want to talk about the midfield. As I've said all season, now we're four games in, and I don't want to be too harsh. We're top of the league. I still think we can. I think you know, generally, we can improve everywhere on the team. I think we can constantly improve, and we should be constantly improving. But I don't get alarm bells with the defence as such just now. In the front three, not at all. I mean, they're the, the least problematic areas of the pitch. It's when I look in midfield, I just still think we're not quick enough and we don't make the right decisions at the right times. I was with my uncle yesterday at halftime, John, and we're just speaking about you know how there's no through ball being threaded between like, Civic and Rose and the Hearts defence. Like There was big massive gaps there, especially when we had the ball, when we were breaking, and we just weren't passing it quick enough for Kyogo for when he was mo- making those darting runs that we were seeing before John in the 4-1 game in May. We weren't threading it through to Maeda quick enough either, or Jota. We were just taking way too many touches on the ball in midfield. Again, I don't want to seem like I'm being too harsh and too critical, but it all comes back to John. Like I, was, I was saying to my uncle yesterday, if that's Tom Rogic on the park, you know right away that he's releasing the ball quickly and he's finding a player at the right moment, at the right time, and he's making the right decisions all the time. We don't seem to be doing that in midfield enough. And I know we got the win yesterday. We are going to come up against bigger, better teams, stronger teams, who, you know, <laughs> and even teams whose midfield eclipse ours when it comes to the Champions League. And we'll find out who we're playing on Thursday there. But I don't know, am I being too harsh just for the fact that I sometimes think the midfield can be a wee bit passive and it times lethargic when you look this season uh our defensive Sean and the front three have been magnificent so far but in midfield you're just looking for some more off Matt O'Reilly and David Turnbull that was his chance now in the last couple of games to really impress where Rio Hattati been away and he's not really taking the chance John because I think when Hattati came on Celtic looked a better team we look more energetic and we look more creative definitely so I don't know that's my small concern I wouldn't say it's a worry as I say, four games in, and we can definitely improve, John, but what do you think? Am I a panicker here, or is it legitimate concern I've got there? No, I think it is legitimate, especially when you consider that in the last two games against Rangers last season, the ones that we didn't win, we did lose a midfield battle, especially in the cup semi-final. Okay, we probably still could have won if CCV hadn't hit the bar, but the midfield, who dominated Rangers in February especially, just didn't turn up. Even in the game at Celtic Park, okay, we first 60 minutes, say we were dominant, but the last half an hour, the midfield just went to pieces and Rangers could have won that game. And it's going to be even more of a concern when we play in the Champions League. I, I think there is a problem that we still don't know what the best midfield trio is because, okay, it'll always be Carl McGregor, and I agree with you that I don't think he's at the best of starts. David Tumble, as you say, he didn't take his chance. I, I think he's a good player, but I just don't know if he'll ever like be a mainstay again. I think that injury really affected him. And Rio Hitati as well, I think he'll probably be in the team more often, although I think sometimes he does sort of fade out of games a bit. And Aaron Moyes played a lot as well, which I think is interesting. And it wouldn't have shocked me if he like started games soon. I definitely think he'll start when we play Rose County uh, next midweek. I just about Matt O'Reilly, I think he's always a good player, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of games, as you say, where he sort of 
he disappears for spells, and I think he is a very good player, and he was unlucky not to score against Hearts, but he doesn't really dominate games in midfield enough, and as you say, we have talked to him before, we are missing Tom Rogic, I don't care what MD says. I did see a thing the other day that Everton may offer him a contract, and I'd probably steer clear Everton, because they look a bit of a chaos team now, and I don't know, maybe that's why we're trying to buy Haksabanovic, maybe and just get this master plan, he'll play him in a Tom Rogic role, even though he's mostly played as a winger. I think that deal is going to happen, apparently as in Glasgow, and it'll be announced this week. So, I don't know, maybe Ange has got a plan to play him in midfield, as an Italian midfielder, to replace Tom Rogic. That's the only way the transfer sort of makes sense for me, seeing that we've already got a, a stack of wingers. But no, I think you're right to be slightly concerned, because as you say, the defence, for the most part, has been excellent. The attack's been brilliant. Uh, attackers, like front three have scored and, well, okay, had uh, Dyson hasn't scored, but he's set up goals in the last two games. Kyogo scored, Jota scored, Abada scored. Defence and goalkeeper are playing well. No, I think, as you say, the midfield is a concern and that could be why we're bringing another sort of attacking player in. And it wouldn't shock me if we finally bought a defensive midfielder either between the, now and the window shutting. I know there's always saying, that, oh, Ange doesn't want to buy it. He'll not play that kind of you know, want to play that kind of football, but I don't know. I think we will buy a defensive midfielder. Very quickly here too, John. See when Kyogo scored to make it 1-0, there was a goal last season that it was a spitting image of. It just reminded me so much of it. Can you guess what one it was? Was it his goal against Hearts when we beat him 1-0? No, it was the GG goal against St Johnston where he scored his first Celtic goal. It was just very similar to that. It was a total replica from the right side as well. Like Maeda, the ball he put in for Kyogo was so similar to Ralston's uh, for Gigi against St Johnston. That's what I thought anyway. It actually was a bit similar to his goal against Kamarnock, except obviously uh, Dyson's pass was along the along the deck and it wasn't sort of high up. I think that uh, Gigi goal the, was sort of more of a... Was the ball no behind him a wee bit? Oh, no, that was his goal against Dundee, wasn't it? I, I'll need to look at that goal again. Uh, but no, it was a good goal by Kyogo. And I don't know, it's a big decision for uh, Ange. He try and work out if he's going to fit the two strikers in the team, or he'll just stick with Kyogo up front. And we'll talk about that more uh, in a later podcast, I imagine. I know I'm not going to actually say we're going to do previews like we have done in the past couple of episodes, and we've not actually get round to them just due to like availability and conflicts, John. Because how dare we have a life? Believe it or not, myself and John have got friends who support other clubs and not just Celtic, so. We do intend to be doing more preview shows, we just not managed to get it sorted in the last couple of episodes down to the fact that, as I say, me and John, as hard as it is to believe, we do have a life and we've got stuff to do on Fridays and Saturdays. Anyway, John, did you watch the football at the weekend? Not just Celtic and Hearts, of course, I'm talking about the game at Easter Road. Did you see the antics of William Collum? I'm sad to say I only saw the last 10 minutes because I was at uh, this is the kind of crazy life I lead. I was at a film and comic con in Brayhead, and I bought absolutely nothing. And uh, by the time I ended up back in the town, I saw it was two one. The Rangers were down to nine men. I thought I better see what's happening, so I jumped in a a bookmaker's I won't name, where a guy who worked in it came up to me and went, "Are you John Arizzo for Gigpod?" And I went, "Ha certainly am." And he went, "Oh." Uh, I listened to the pod, etc, etc, so it was good to meet the guy, who I won't name, uh, and I won't say where he worked, but no, I only saw the last 10 minutes, and I did see Hibs equaliser, 
But I didn't see the the red cards like until the next day because I was out in the Saturday night. I didn't see like the highlights of it until the Sunday. But I know you did watch the game, so because I know you watch a lot of Scottish football out with Celtic, which I don't. So what did you make of the game overall and uh, Mr. Combs' interesting performance? It's almost been forgot that he actually gave Rangers one of the softest penalties of all time, by the way. Everybody from that side of the city is in meltdown over the Lund- sorry, the Steders red card and Morelos, which was actually, you know, a sign of petulance for him. It was a justified red card. I don't know anybody that would have a complaint against that, but of course I have seen some people say it should just be a yellow card. Again, I wonder what team they support. All this hysteria about Willie Collum this weekend and talking about him getting downgraded and getting punished and that, right? Where was any of this when we get beat 2-1 against Rangers? But Bobby Madden had an utter shocker and he let so many fouls go and he had so many questionable calls, but there was none of the hysteria on like Super Scoreboard or in the papers that you're seeing today by Bobby Madden's performance in that Cup semi-final a few months ago. Could it be it's only happening because a certain team dropped points to an absolutely garbage team who are managed by an idiot to a goal in injury time? I mean, I don't know, that might be a wee bit outlandish, but I'm starting to think it might be the case. Well, I don't read papers or listen to Super Scoreboard, so I miss most of the reaction, I have to say, and I don't look at Rangers forums either. Although I, I did speak to some Rangers fans after it, after the game, uh, hilariously, and uh, they thought that the Lundstrom... Well, actually, one of them thought that the Lundstrom one was harsh, but it's a sort of tackle that he wanted to see outlawed in the game, so obviously he must have thought it was a red card, and the ones that I spoke to thought that the Morelos one was a red card. I don't know... What to say really about referees? I don't like talk about referees that much. I don't want to sound like Stephen Gerrard, who used to go in about them all the time. And or Rangers, who just go in about them all the time, like putting complaints about the referees like they did again the day. Obviously, when you catch Selig doing that, no way. But <laughs> I don't know. I saw the goals and I thought that Rangers second goal actually wasn't bad, but their defender wasn't great for either of the goals that they scored. They did get a soft penalty. I sort of can see why they got it, because it was a daft challenge. And would we have got that penalty? Probably no. But then I suppose it just sets it up for mere refereeing mayhem in two weeks when we get when we finally play Rangers, which will no doubt be a, an interesting day. Uh, I mean, I hope it is now we talk about after the game referees, but I've got an annoying feeling it will be. But, I mean, I'd rather just hope that if we win it, we just win it, like, being the best team on the park and there's no referee business involved because we'll just hear about that non-stop after the game. Actually, it's lucky that we've got a Champions League game just a couple of days after it because it'll be forgot about. Well, if there's a refereeing thing for at least, like, no long after that. But, no, I mean, it's still early days in the title race. It's good that we're two points ahead. It's good that we're clear at the top of the league when... We've no played well in every game. I mean, I thought we were brilliant against Kamarnock. Aberdeen, I thought we were comfortable. We created more chances than we did against Hearts. That was another comfortable win. Ross County's probably the only game that's gave us problems, and we still managed to win that by a couple of goals. We've won every game by two goals at least this season, which is a, a really good start to the season. So we'll just need to see what happens. I just hope we don't end up talking about referees non-stop, but... We probably will, and that's just typical of good old Scottish football. Which leads me on to my final point. Robert, Robbie Nielsen. Now, we remember, John, there was last 
December one that when Kyogo scored that outrageous goal when you had the head of the rest coming out making a statement that week and Robbie Nielsen said if he said what he really thought about refs in Scotland then he'd be in jail and then we had Craig Gordon when we were at Celtic Park in May in the 4-1 game greeting and whining even though that ball when Kyogo headed it was way over the line so Hearts in my opinion have never been on the end of any dodgy refereeing calls at Celtic Park last season or even this season the two red cards they got were fully justified both what near the end of the game they didn't even have an effect on it see if that was maybe what first half or something in 60 minutes I'd be like right okay maybe you've got a point but it was like 90 minutes to like quick fire red cards and they were deserved as well and not only that John Dermot I'm actually English by the way no Irish Gallagher even said that Robbie Nielsen couldn't defend Hart's red card against Celtic he watched them back and he had no idea what Nielsen's on about. In my opinion, it's just a common deflection tactic because Robbie Nielsen doesn't know how to win at Celtic Park. That might be a wee bit out there, John, but that's what I'm going to say it is. Aye, I mean, I, we don't really like to talk about opposition teams that much because it's this Glasgow's Green Celtic podcast. But uh, no, I, I don't really know what he was on about after the game. Like, it didn't have an effect in the game. It was an injury. It was, they were both, like, right at the very end of the game. It's not like Hearts had been dominating his before it and putting us under pressure they'd done nothing they did spoil the game you're right I think they probably wrote the game off anyway before it even started by playing so many French players because they've got this game against Zurich in the Europa League on Thursday so I'm sure it'll be different when we play them at Tynecastle uh, in November I'm sure they'll be hyped up into a frenzy so that'll be fun but no, I don't really want to say much else about Hearts. So uh, we'll just uh, leave it at that and talk about the more important things, i.e. Celtic and the Champions League and the upcoming draw that's taking place on Thursday. See, for the last five minutes here, I've just loaded up a CL draw simulator, right? Do you want to get involved in it and see how we get? Yes. Okay, here we go then, right? I'm drawing all the pot one teams now. So in Group A, we've got Real Madrid, Group B, Milan. Group C, Man City. Group D, Ajax. Group E, PSG. Group F, Porto. Group G, Frankfurt. And Group H, Bayern. Now, out of all those teams, what one would you take without sounding arrogant? Without sounding arrogant, Frankfurt, because we've saw them against Rangers and they were okay at best. I mean, obviously, you need to respect a team that have won a, a European trophy and if they did, if we did put them, would would give them a great reception. But no, I think they'll probably still be a difficult team to play against. Frankfurt, I think, by far. Maybe, maybe Porto would be the second, no easiest, but second least difficult team to play against. And I think everybody else would just hammer us, unfortunately. Real Madrid, Man City, Milan, Bayern, PSG, Ajax. I don't think we'd have a chance against them. I suppose it'd be good to play Real Madrid because we've never played them in the Champions League, but... I wouldn't hold up much hope for us getting the result against them. So for me, it's Frankfurt. Okay, John, so you're hoping Celtic go in Group G. Here we go then. By the way, this CL draw simulator also has Rangers in Port 4, as it assumes they've went through against PSV. So disclaimer and all that, it's not me putting them in. It's just this wee simulator, right? So, John, you wanted to get Frankfurt, right? The Port 2 team that is in the group with Frankfurt that you want is Atletico Madrid. <laughs> Thank you, the simulator, for that. Uh, I'm just looking at the pot two teams. Liverpool, Chelsea, Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico, Sevilla, 
RB Leipzig and Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> I suppose the only team that might know Hammers is Leipzig, maybe. But then I think they're probably a very good team. Oh, I don't know. Pot 2 is dreadful, really. Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham. I think they'd probably have I mean, Liverpool are in Pot 2 and they're, they're not being that good this season, but they're, they're superb. <laughs> right, on to Pot 3 then. Drawing them now. There's Inter Milan out, but they're not in Group G, John. There is Salzburg, who are in Group C. Oh my God, right. Group G has just been, oh my God, we don't want this group now, John. Do you know who the Pot 3 team is? The worst one we could have possibly got, Napoli. Uh, they would be, uh, they'd be nightmarish. So would Inter. I mean, I suppose in Pot 3 would have a chance against Salzburg or Schachter, possibly. Maybe or maybe Benfica or Sporting. I mean, I'd say we're on maybe a level near them in Europe. I think Port Three is probably our best chance of winning a game. I'd say. Right, John. We'll move on to Port Four. Where Celtic are going to get involved? Yes. On you go, Stephen. We're drawing the teams. Oh, it's Celtic, John, and they are in. Oh, we're in Group B with Milan, Leipzig, and Sporting Lisbon. That would be a good draw if that happened. Hopefully, art imitates life, or life imitates art. But because I mean, if that did happen, we would have a decent chance of finishing third. John, guess what group Rangers got? Uh why are we all the rubbish, rubbish Champions League teams? Yeah, you think the haunted mob were there, but no, they're in Group G with our pals Frankfurt, Atletico, and Napoli. Let's give a warm Ibrox welcome to Kevin Drap. Great, great guy, great guy. By the way, if anybody wants to do this simulator, the one I found is it draw.inker.one. So that's the, that's the rather bizarre email address of the Champions League draw simulator. Could be a bit of fun there for the listeners. Eh? Could be a bit of fun for us, John. We don't get to have fun often, do we, on this show? <laughs> no, never. It's a very serious, serious podcast. Right, we've got football to watch. We want to watch a certain game in England, don't we? That's just about to kick off. So everyone... Cheers for listening, and I'll put you on to John, who will take you away with his outro to the tune of the Beastie Boys Sabotage. John, take it away. Yes, good old Beastie Boys, the, in my opinion, one of the best rap groups ever. So, and that is a classic. So, thank you, Stevie, and thanks to all the listeners as usual. You know where to find us by now on all the usual podcast platforms. Uh, leave us five stars, give us good reviews. A special shout out to podcast listener and legend Ian that I met at the Fiddlehead and Military Gun gig on Saturday night so a big hello Ian I will try to get some good good songs on the on for the end of the podcast but unfortunately it's up to Stevie the boss and he shuts down all my ideas but hello Ian and we'll be back probably maybe before the Dungeon United game I don't know we'll talk to we'll talk we'll think about that off the air but obviously we'll have a game We'll have a podcast for after the Dodge game, which hopefully we'll do in person. But thanks everybody for listening. As usual, we'll speak to you all soon and hail hail.
Social Podcast Network.